Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome to Monday Football Monday, the Monday after week three in the National Football League here on the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we get started that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As mentioned, this is the Monday following week three. There was plenty of NFL action in true NFL form. We are excited to talk about everything that happened on Sunday, give you a little preview of Monday Night Football as well. I say we, I am Arjo Cho from Blog of the Boys, so we are going to be busy over there tonight as the Dallas Cowboys visit the New York Football Giants. On the ones and twos, as always, from Bleeding Green Nation, the fantastic Rachelle Prevett, and joining me in his usual debonair style from Arrowhead Pride, the home of the now fraud, Kansas City Chiefs. We have to give him that moniker after losing to the incredibly fraudulent Indianapolis Colts. It is Pete Sweeney. Everybody can see Pete on the SB Nation NFL Facebook page, YouTube channel, or Twitter page. You'll listen to him wherever they get their podcast. Search for the SB Nation NFL show. Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Pete, I am sorry. Yeah, you don't have to be sorry. I'm, I'm actually kind of happy uh, here on, on week three because ah, here we, go. we know who the best team in the league is. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. We can p- pack up shop. <laughs> Award them the Lombardi, and that's it. It's very clear. I, it's very clear to me, and uh, that's it. And so, congratulations to to Bleeding Green Nation and uh, BLG, and and you know, wrap it up. We're good. Um, we're gonna talk about the Eagles and the Chiefs and the Colts and everybody else. Uh, but something we do here every Monday on the NFL show is is take a, a spin around the SB Nation universe, Pete. You know what I mean? We get in the in the what what kind of vehicle you think we get? In? It's like some sort of like time traveling, you know, yeah. like. TARDIS type thing. Back to the future. Um, oh, I love that. We're in the DeLorean here. We fire it up right. 1.21 gigawatts, and we are now headed out to Las Vegas to Silver and Black Pride, the head honcho over there here to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders falling to 0 3 on the season one fourth of the AFC West mixtape. Right. Uh, you can hear Pete and Bill Williamson there along with our, our friends. Uh, again, across Friday. The Expedition this Universe. Friday. Uh, Episode two. It's Friday, yeah. Bill, um, the Raiders Bill, 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 falling Bill. to zero and three. Welcome to Monday Football Monday here. Uh, but uh, what's the tenor? What's the mood with the Raiders and this rough start to the season? Desperation, guys. They're, yeah, it's uh, they're freaking out. And you know, Josh McDaniels had a lengthy uh, closed door meeting with uh, the owner Mark Davis after the game in Nashville yesterday. And that's what happens when you start zero and three after you have. Huge expectations. I mean, this, there's, this is, if you follow the Raiders over the years, it's like one excuse after another, you know, and we're building, we're building. Well, that's over. When you trade a one and a two for Devontae Adams, 
and, and then you go get, you know, two New England guys to run your team. And then, you you, you know, you, you signed Chandler Jones and you made the playoffs last year and you're 10 and 7. There's no more excuses. And then they kept signing everybody these three-year deals, announcing to the world, we have a three-year window here. And then you start this era 0-3 and, and playing terrible football. They've earned this 0-3. Yeah, it's 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 nervous time for sure. Bill, as I look at this stat line of a 24-22 Titans win, I, I go to the receiving yards, and it's Hollins 158, Moreau 44, and then Devontae Adams with 36 yards. And it seems like there's been a tough time of, of getting Adams going, which seems remarkable considering he's consensus, clearly the best receiver in the NFL among Jefferson and Cup and at least one of the top five, right? So what do you think is the biggest obstacle that is holding Carr and Adams back from finding this rapport that's going to maybe lead Las Vegas to victory? You know, it's really odd because, you know, these guys played in college together, so you can't talk about And then they've talked all offseason about, well, we we worked out every mm-hmm. offseason together. And, you know, this offseason was just like riding a bike, so you can't use that as an excuse. Um, he had 10 catches on – 17 targets in week one against the Chargers. And like, whoa, this is going to be incredible. This guy's going to break records. Mm-hmm. And then week two happens. is like he has two catches for 12 yards. Is I think it was his worst output of his career. And then five catches for 36 yards. And he's had a touchdown in all three games. So, you know, it's not like he's non-existent here. But, yeah, they all have to figure this out. And it starts with McDaniels, right? He's the offensive guru, right? And so – they have to figure this out. Darren Waller, he's he's been slow to get going, you know, a, a top three tight end. Um, he had like three drops yesterday. He had a really poor game. So, uh, Hunter Renfro didn't play yesterday because he had a concussion. So, yeah, the Matt Collins thing certainly jumps out. And he made some big plays yesterday. I mean, eight for 158. That You're going to – there's some big plays in there. And it was interesting. The Raiders are one for 12 on third down yesterday. But on that last drive, they hit fourth and long, including a fourth and nine touchdown, three times. So it's, you know, it's not all despair. But again, they're not winning. They're not playing winning football. Not not one of those three games to say, oh, they were so close. No, they just they got beat all three times. I think, Bill, looking at it, um, you know, a lot of people, I think, over the offseason saw all the big trades for the receivers and kind of thought, well, receivers kind of become like the new running back. Like we're so we're always quick to like connect future mm-hmm. things to the past, right? Like you you don't need to pay a big time wide receiver. You just find a new one. Just keep just keep drafting them in the first round over and over and over again. And that has kind of proven itself to be a, a little bit incorrect, I think. I, I would say through almost three weeks of the season, A.J. Brown has really unlocked the Philadelphia Eagles offense. Tyreek Hill has really unlocked the Miami Dolphins offense. And while I hear what you're saying that Devontae has had a touchdown in each of the three games, it just feels like like that hasn't happened. Like it's it's not just that Devontae's not having success, but even, even Amari Cooper. And I mean, I was very upset about that trade from a Cowboys perspective. Like we haven't seen like it still seems funky and clunky with the Raiders. Is, are they at a different place? Like are they I, I thought the Raiders were a playoff team. Like are they more are they closer? If we if we looked at the spectrum as rebuilding and contending, are they closer to the former? Uh, well, if, if they are, they're in trouble because, I mean, they, they again, they have a lot of money tied into a lot of guys. And this is, this is there's no rebuilding about the, the makeup of this team at all. 
And, you know, we talked about Chandler Jones. I know I'm going to the defense here, but he hasn't, he hasn't shown up at all. And he's 32 years old and they have real money tied into this guy for three years. I think he's, I think he's at 15, 16 guaranteed this year, 16 next year. So if this is, if this is who they are, you know, if this is, Owen three is going to extend to whatever four and 13, whatever um, they're in, they're in trouble. Yeah. So it's very odd. I, but you know, if you look at the NFL, the way, if you look at the standings right now, where there's two, three and O teams, you know, the Raiders are only two games out in the division. Um, you know, it's not, I think that's their one saving grace is that the league is crazy and they're not so They've built a hole for themselves, but I don't. But that the league has Kansas City losing yesterday really gave the Raiders a favor because if you're zero and three and they're three and zero, I don't know if you have any hope. But now they're like, okay, you know, we're 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 okay. But again, they have to figure out how to win. And here's the here's a scary stat: is that the three teams that they've lost to. They're 0 and 6 when they're not playing the Raiders, and they're losing by a combined uh, average of 16 points a game. So they're not losing to the league's elite here. You know, I mean, they, they lost to the Cardinals, who were shellacked by the Chiefs. They lost to the Titans, who were killed by the Bills the week before. So there's some issues here. You know, they're just not good right now. I think that's really well said. Um, and I think it's fair to say that, look, they might be 0 3, but the league is crazy. You know, tides can turn, momentum can swing, whatever, however you want to look at it. This week is big uh, against the Broncos. And not, not to forecast too far. I mean, it, it's, you know, six days, whatever. But um, especially given the way the Broncos looked on Sunday night, like if the Raiders dropped to 0 4, dropped to 0 4 at the hands of this really inept offense. And then after that, get the Kansas City Chiefs. And I believe that game's on primetime. The game's on Monday Night Football, that, that game at Arrowhead, Pete. I mean, that like this, I, Bill, is it is it hyperbole to say that the season rests on the on the next two weeks for the Raiders? They've got to pull off a win, maybe even both and, and shock the world at Arrowhead where we've seen them have success or else. I mean, they're going into the bye at 0 and 5 with three losses. Yeah, already. You know, I, I, yesterday may have been the season because let's face it, there's only there's been six teams since 1970 to start 0 and 3 and make the playoffs six in 52 years. So right now it's already they're at the cliff, you know. So yeah, I, they certainly have to win these next two games if we're talking playoffs. And for a team that was in ten and seven last year and spent big money this year, that's all we should be talking about is the playoffs. I guess I'll end here. Do you think there's any momentum to be gained when you're down twenty four to ten? You're able to cut the lead, rally back in the fourth quarter, right? No moral victories in the NFL. Did it seem like maybe they can build off of what was a good stretch really to end the game and, and fight back? Yeah, I guess, but I mean, not not after what happened last week, you know. Uh, you know, twenty zero halftime lead. Uh, yeah, I see I think it would be unfair to reality to say, okay, they lost by five points to the Chargers. They 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 lost in overtime to the Cardinals and then they lost by two points. None the, the Chargers and Titans games, because the Cardinals game was just something ridiculous, you know, but the Raiders earned that ridiculous loss. The 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 the, the Chargers and the Titans, it never seemed like they were going to win. You know, they were always the, the other team was always the better team. So, uh, so I don't know if they're this close, you know, 
But again, they win next week and something stupid happens around the AFC West and they're like, hey, we're only a game out. So you never know. So I'm not going to say they're dead, but they have to figure it out themselves. They are Raiders. Uh, they are walking the plank, but we've seen, you know, sometimes like Captain Jack Sparrow jumps off and does like an amazing swan right. dive and loosens the shackles point, and yeah. you never yeah. know what's going to happen. Um, Bill Williamson, everybody check out Silver and Black Pride for all the latest on the Las Vegas Raiders. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the SB Nation NFL show. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. All right, Bill. Pete Tweeney, um, it was a rough day in the AFC West um, that, that ended with really a rough night. Uh, we'll get to that. I think we have to start with the game of the day. Do you know what I'm talking about? You ready to go? Sure. We've been there together. What's that? Can you take me to the city where the heat is on? The Miami Dolphins. Mm. All right. Mm. Miami Dolphins slayed the Buffalo Bills. This felt like a playoff game. The Dolphins winning 21 to 19. Ken Dorsey a little bit pissed. Um, the CBS broadcast captured. <laughs> um <laughs> Really upset with the way the the Buffalo offense kind of um, couldn't get things done down the stretch. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, I, I think the Dolphins, you mentioned the Eagles. I think we have to say the Dolphins are the most impressive team through three games because I think we somewhat expected the Eagles to be good. I think the Dolphins doing this is just, again, I know some people were in on it, you know, certainly, mm. but I, there, there was a, a much smaller consensus thinking that Miami could do something like beat Buffalo the way that they Not did. Not to compare Miami and Philly for the top team, and I, I know I joked about the Eagles being the best team clearly to start the show, but they clearly are. And what I mean by that, in, in with Miami and in this game, Buffalo was depleted in the secondary, and it took a lot of Buffalo mistakes for them to win this game. They didn't really deserve to win. It's one of those things, and, and Josh Allen said it after the game, where they felt like they shot themselves in the foot. Now, Miami did what they needed to do. When you talk about Philadelphia, and that's another game entirely, I'm sure we'll get to it in a little bit here, but they're just dominating on both sides of the football. So clearly the best team in the league. Right. And the only other team you could consider is the New York Giants, who it feels like a little fluky to get those first two wins. We'll see what happens with your Dallas Cowboys tonight. Now, Miami got it done. And I do think that in a way, getting this win, regardless of how it happened, is a little bit of a statement game because we were considering Buffalo Bills as the shoe wins to win what was the the AFC or I should say, um, yeah, the AFC East. And it was either either going to be them or the Patriots in the second year of Mac Jones. And no one right. was really even considering, of course, the Dolphins and, and definitely not. The and no Jets. one considered Tua. No, no one gave Tua any kind of flowers. And so to, to start three and oh, to be one of three teams in the league that are un, is undefeated. And just the fact that there has been so much parody and madness. And again, we're going to get into more of that in this week three roundup. But to, to be 3-0, regardless of how it happened, I, I think is a statement in, in a sense. And the Dolphins are spicy. And you wonder if this is something that will continue through the season where maybe there are more teams in this race than Buffalo just waltzing their way to an AFC East crown. I think there are different kinds of really good teams. Um, there are the not normal kinds, like the one you cover in the Kansas City Chiefs that are just like freakishly good, like un unbelievably good. You know, good no matter what. You can set your watch by it. Life of luxury as far as that fan base is concerned. And then there's normal good, right, where you you win a lot of games and, and you win some games you're not supposed to. Like, there's never a time that the Chiefs win a game they're not supposed to. You get what I'm saying? Like, because they're, they're freakishly good. And this was kind of one of those wins for the Dolphins. Like, this is going to be the difference between Miami being 12 and 5 and, you know, 13 and 4, 11 and 6, whatever the case may be. I, I saw this. Uh, ben Volan tweeted this out a little bit before we started recording. In the last 16 years, NFL teams are two and 106, so two wins and 106 losses when being outgained by at least 275 yards. 
the two wins, the 2020 Miami Dolphins against the Rams with Tua Tungavailoa at quarterback. And yesterday, the 2022 Dolphins against the Bills with Tua Tungavailoa at quarterback. And some of that's just like coincidence. You know what I mean? Like, like some, it's not like Tua's masterful at engineering these types of wins. Um, but they like, it is clear that this is not what you talked about with the Giants. It's not some fluke. It's not some trick. Right. It's not some like, you know, party favor. Like there is a lot of legitimacy here. You're right. The Buffalo secondary was really depleted. Um, we saw Miami take somewhat advantage of that. Uh, Jalen Waddle went off four catches, 102 yards. Tyree Kill only two for 33. Um, yeah. But we saw Chase Edmonds get involved, two touchdowns on the ground finally. A lot of fantasy owners told about that. I think it's fair to like say they're a playoff team, like they're a playoff caliber team. And I think the bigger thing is too, like, I don't know if we can say that Tua is necessarily among the top 10, top 15. I, I think that's still a question, but is he a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL? I, I think we've learned without a doubt. Like that pass to, uh, it was Waddle, you know, toward the end of the game to, to get that uh, touchdown, I believe, or it was a it was a 45 yarder to get them in, in range. Like to me, was just so accurate and such a, a a baller play, especially after what was the injury. And that's something else that I want to talk about in, in this game. I think we're going to remember this moment. We know about the NFL PA launching the investigation where Tua essentially uh, what he collapses after hitting his yeah, head was, very clearly, very very on clearly the not right, right, and and bigger than even the on the field implications bigger than the AFC standings implications. This is a, a landmark moment in the history of the NFL where I believe the concussion protocol is going to shift entirely. Now, am I questioning the dolphins and, and bringing two into the locker room and, and running the, the test? I'm not, but what I've learned is that the test is too easy to pass because he had, he was concussed. This was not a back Gumby collapse. This was a player who was concussed basically collapsed on national TV, somehow returned to the game. This process of the concussion protocol, it's going to be investigated and it's going to change completely. And I bet you it changes in season and it's going to be more out of the hands of the team. It, it is a situation where the NFL needs to step up and really have independent doctors and almost in a separate room from the locker room that evaluates them and that the team has nothing to do with it. And uh, I, I think it changes completely. Remember when they had the rule that was like, oh, like officials can can pull players out. If, you know, like when did yeah. that like when have you ever seen that happen? Like since that that was should that have happened yesterday. And and I'm not even saying like, oh, it, this is like bigger almost than the two point win and what it means for the NFL. Right. It's it's player safety. We've seen what what has happened with these guys after their careers and and how it it, sure. it really affects the, the the men. And I just think this this to me is a landmark moment of the. The league has to take back control and they got to take the control away from the teams. And it doesn't matter if it's the quarterback just because it's the court doesn't matter. That's or why the, you have or the quarterback, quarterback on a really good team in a really good game. Um, we have a great right. article up on this at SBNation.com. A lot of NFL content coming out there. So everybody check out SBNation.com. Mark Schofield wrote about this. If you just need a timeline of, of how this kind of unfolded, because this was in the noon hour, Pete. Um, I, I know you were busy, obviously. Um, I was able right. to, you know, you know what it's like when you got Monday Night Football, you get to sit back, relax, maybe Chill get out, wings. Yeah. Um, and so this happened in the noon hour, so maybe you missed it. I, I you know, Scott Hansen does a great job of kind of catching you up on things if, if you're red zoning it up. Uh, but so the sequence was he gets hurt. This was near the end of the first half. Um, and then um, Ian Rappaport, just to go off of, of his tweets, he tweeted out officially Tua Tungavailoa has a head injury and is questionable to return. That was an Ian Rappaport tweet at 1.29 p.m. And then about an hour later, 
Um, so this is after Tua has returned and everybody's like, what the hell is going on? Whatever. Ian Rappaport's exact tweet says, my understanding of the Tua Tungavailoa situation, he tweaked his back in the first quarter on a sneak and didn't miss time after the Matt Milano hit. His back locked up, leading to him wobbling into the locker room for a full concussion check. Fully cleared now on the field. So, a like back locking up does not cause you to stumble. We've all we're old, getting older, right? Like in in, in our thirties, like oh, so when your, your back hurts in the morning, you kind of like have a hitch. You don't you don't fall to the ground, right? Like it's just like it's enough, enough. I think it's so funny when like. And I look, I'm not trying to like sling arrows at Ian Rappaport, but like the like how people like presume like the, the world is stupid, right? Like we're, we're just all going to like forget the tweet about like, well, it's officially mm -hmm. a head injury. You know what I mean? Like we're just like we're just like, oh, it's a back. You know what I mean? We're just willing to completely forfeit everything that you said right. an hour ago. Um, it's hard to get back to football. I'm not worried about the bills. Uh, Micah hides out for the season that happened over the weekend. They, they officially announced that um, this the this bills, was this was. This was a bad game for the Bills, and they're, it's not like the, it's not like the, this is a sign of who they are. I don't right. I agree. Way. It's a blip on the radar, but something that's underrated. Um, and again, I know you were busy at the end of the first half. Um, Josh Allen kind of like bobbled um, when, when trying to, to down the ball when trying to spike it, get ready for a last second field goal. And in his like bobble, I don't know. I haven't read any post game quotes from him about this, but I guess like thought of like, let me get a fake spike off a la Dan Marino, incidentally, in, in Miami of all places. And threw it to Stefan Diggs, and they ran out of time, and they didn't get a field goal well, off. I guess the rule says if you fumble, you can't spike it. So I know, what but I believe he, he uh, was but, trying to do was throw it out of bounds. But, in a way but of, Diggs caught it like that. My point is like that whole sequence was so broken. You know what I mean? Like for, for a team that's like yeah. such a well-oiled machine, like they everybody made a big deal, and we'll get to Sunday Night Football. But about Jimmy Garoppolo costing the Niners two points, that was three points in a game that Buffalo lost by by two. I mean, so I mean, it's easy to if and whatever. Um, but, um, but yeah, so are we ready to move what, on? What, what I, what I found remarkable in this and last point here is I think knowing that the secondary was pretty depleted and injured as we described, I think prior to the game, if the bills hypothetically could have agreed, the dolphins are only going to score 21 points today. I mean, you, you mash that button. That's how yeah, good the offense we're gonna, has, has. We're going to mass. We're going to like Trump them by 275 yards, like total yards. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you would have taken that a hundred out of a hundred times. It was just a weird game. And and the offense essentially cost the Bills the game, which we didn't expect going into it. And I and I think sometimes you get these games where you, you make mistakes. There's another one in Indianapolis, which we'll get to. And you either learn from it and come back stronger the next week, or it becomes a thing where you, you kind of sputter a little bit. Um, the Minnesota Vikings got off the schneid with a 28-24 to 24 win over the Super Vogue Detroit Lions. Um, this this <laughs> came down to the very end. Uh, it was, Who knew that Detroit had Vogue in it? But you're, you're right when you say that. Um, it was a really fun game. Um, I actually thought the noon slate, and again, I know you were busy. I'm not going to say that a thousand times, but it was kind of boring. Uh, mostly like, you know, it didn't it didn't have a lot, a lot of fun. A lot of, a lot of honks you to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. The, the ends were fun. Like, but even the, the Miami Buffalo game was just kind of like it was a flat fun. This was a kind of fun game. It really felt like Detroit was going to hang on. But then it was kind of like one of those. Well, they clearly don't know how to do this sort of things. Right. Like this. I, is, think this... The, I think the theme of the noon games was sleeping through about three quarters and then the fourth quarters were exciting. It just every team, it seemed like was sleeping for the most of the afternoon. And then 
uh, until we got to the witching hour where uh, wins become wins and losses become losses. Both quarterbacks in the Lions Vikings game attempted 41 passes. Kirk only completed 24 of them. Jared Goff, 25. Kirk threw two touchdowns to Goff's one and an interception. The interception coming, of course, at the very end um, in a last ditch effort to win the game. Like I said, this just kind of felt like the Lions not really having been there and done that. Like, like they don't know how to close these games out. I think that's a, a an old trope and an old cliche that people say, but I do think that like that's a, a cliche I'm willing to like assign some truth to. You know, there's there's nobody there that has the experience of you know of what you said, like the witching hour, crazy crap happening, the way Bill said. Like NFL games can get really weird, wild things can happen in the fourth quarter, and if you're not prepared for that, you can kind of fold a little bit here. And that's why, like, I just the Lions aren't aren't ready yet. They're they're certainly ascending and they're certainly climbing, but. I really thought this was an impressive win. If this had been anybody else, people would be throwing all sorts of flowers at Kirk Cousins. But because it's Kirk, he had a clutch fourth quarter game winning touchdown and nobody cares because it was in the noon hour on Sunday. Yeah, and I, I think it, it's big because Dan Campbell essentially took blame for the loss and going for that 54-yarder late, which sort of opened the door for the Vikings. They were able to get it done. It wasn't without problems. We know about Dalvin Cook. I believe he's going to be evaluated more today. Uh, what was it, a shoulder injury? But Madison came in. That's why it's good that they have one of the better backup running backs in the league, similar in, in Cleveland and Detroit, really. I, I also thought that the Vikings need to really figure out how to get Justin Jefferson involved. Justin Jefferson, in my opinion, is the best skill position receiver in the NFL. And three catches, I, 14 yards. Three catches, 14 yards. And if they're going to really make noise, like the noise we think that they are capable of, RJ, then they need to get Justin Jefferson going. Like these great receivers, despite having attention, they are able to usually have production. Justin Jefferson is one of those guys. So Kevin O'Connell, I think, needs to figure that out. But good for the Vikings, sometimes you, you win ugly, sometimes you have to win late, and that's what they were uh, capable of. And I don't think this is over for Detroit. And I, I think you made a good point about the fact that, look, uh, maybe they're not ready to be, you know, it's 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 a, a, a thing that's ongoing. Like, so, so the gritty was a thing. Now there's a new thing going on in the NFL where a player um, screams into the camera, I'm him. And him, like, the yeah, the Detroit Lions, like, I don't know if they're ready for, you know, I'm I'm it's us, you know, I don't know if they're ready for that yet, but I th I still think they have a sneak in ceiling. Like I'm talking about sixth or seventh seed in the sure. NFC. And if they come into their identity toward the end of the season, if you're that two or three uh, and they're six or seven, I don't know if this will be a team by the end of the year that you really want to see entering your building in what would be a wild card uh, playoff game. Now we have to see them actually win games for that to be possible. But I, these are not your uh, quote unquote uncle's lions anymore. I, I think this team can make some noise. Late. I, I think that if we look, so this is the third year of uh, seven seed. Um, they're better in the NFC than the 2020 Chicago bears who were the seven seed that year They're with Mitchell Trubisky. And I don't know that they're better than the 2021 Philadelphia Eagles, but like they're, at least just as good. I mean, and uh, the Eagles, like I'm not comparing them to the Eagles this year, obviously, but like they're they're They could explode offensively. We, we know that they've scored touchdowns in every quarter. Like we don't have to hear this anymore. I understand it's a cool thing. Um, they might have the best run game in the NFL, like overall Jamal Williams comes in for DeAndre. So 20 carries 87 yards, two touchdowns doesn't miss a beat. Like that was impressive. And Detroit fans will be the first to tell you this, right? Like it's a one and two, <laughs> it's one and two. There's a lot sadder one and two, two records sure. in the league, because I think, the Detroit fans are seeing signs, which is much more that you can say in right. previous years. And they would also be the first to remind you that Jamison Williams 
will yeah. will play at some point this year. And and he has, you know, we're talking about sneak in ceiling. He's got rookie Justin Jefferson vibe ceiling to him. And if you inject him into this offense with the two running backs and the receivers and Jared Goff is playing better than he has in, in a long time, who knows um, what they're capable of. But Vikings were the better team. They are the better team right now. They deserve to win this game. And I think by gutting it out, they keep everything in front of them. Like if they were to lose this game, suddenly you're like, oh, no, is this Vikings team who we thought they could be this year? Uh, and so they keep that intact with by gutting out this win. Um, last couple of quick hit thoughts on this. That was a great point about Jamison Williams. Shout out to you. Amonra St. Brown. I was a little bit hesitant to believe. Um, you know what I mean? Like it kind of felt like we've seen like a like Lions receivers catch like weird fire. Like Marvin Jones had a little minute there. You know what I mean? Like the, the Kenny Galladay, right? Like I was a little hesitant to believe that this was a long-term thing. I was wrong. He is amazing. Like, like we're just seeing that over and over and over again. Um, well, a lot right. of his production last year came in what would be called the garbage time right. of the NFL season. And I know this was like a big fantasy story. Like, is he going to be able to do it at the beginning when he's got all the attention? And so far, the answer has been yes. Um, De- DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams or Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? When healthy, obviously. <sighs> I think it. you still got it. Nick Chubb is, is – I've always said this too. I, he's the best think, of the four. But I think Jamal Williams is better than Kareem Hunt. Like, the floor is higher with the Lions pair. I don't know. Nick Chubb is just running so hard. And then I like what the, I like what Cleveland does as far as the usage of these guys where they have Nick Chubb and it's that Simpsons episode where it's the boxer versus Homer Simpson and it tires the boxer out, tires the boxer out and Homer Simpson just pushes him over. And that's how he wins all these these boxing matches. I, like to me, uh, that's the version of Nick Chubb wears them down, wears them, wears them down. And then, you know, when the Cleveland is winning, they'll have Hunt come in and just rip your soul out and and that's why where i think i'd still prefer the cleveland duo um my last point these are supposed to be quick hits um justin jefferson's (laughs) struggling obviously but kj osborne adam thielen both coming up big this this was a big reason why i know i and i think i speak for you believed in the vikings and still believe in the vikings like it's not just justin jefferson like they have so many herb smith like dalvin cook i know he's getting evaluated but like alexander madison like they have so many offensive skill players that make that offense work and hum and they just took down a team that a lot of people believe an offense that a lot of people believe in i think we're still kind of sleeping on the vikings but are you ready to move on yeah uh, let's keep the the purple power going, if you're with me. Um, can you give me Party a little? Action, can you yeah. give me a little purple rain? Let's go, Pete. Purple rain. Purple. Okay, that was you know, that was close. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, I was expecting the second line. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens defeating the New England <laughs> Patriots, 37 to 26. Quarterback Mac Jones seemingly has an ankle injury, so we'll yeah. see um, how New England is going to fare in the aftermath of this. They fall to one and two, but the Ravens arguably should be three and zero. Oh. If not for a crazy collapse against the Dolphins last week, I think the Ravens are the toast of the town right now. I think Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson is the toast of the town. He set another record. It was like, I think he's the first quarterback ever to have like three games with uh, four total touchdowns and 100 rushing yards. I mean, he is a freak. He's going to make so much money. This The Ravens are such a functional and sound organization. I cannot believe that they dropped this. Uh, but he does finish 18 of 29, 218 yards in the air, four passing touchdowns, one interception, 11 carries, a buck seven on the ground with another score there. Five total touchdowns for Lamar Jackson against the Patriots. And it was kind of an offensive shootout. Mark Andrews, 13 targets, eight catches, 89 yards. Rashad Bateman, kind of a, a slept on wide receiver, I think, perennially across the NFL. The Patriots, to their credit, kind of, you know, 
you know, clapped back every now and then. Mac Jones had an amazing fumble recovery for a touchdown, but through three interceptions, no touchdowns in the air. Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Damian Harris, there were three rushing touchdowns total for the Patriots, but the Ravens look like a force. I, I don't know who the best team in the AFC is, but the Ravens are certainly in the question. Well, I, I think what I learned from this game it was a lesson about, about the league in a sense of, okay, on the Ravens' side, this is a two-player MVP race at the moment between Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Mm. And on the other side, this is a two-team AFC East race, and the Patriots aren't involved. Because if Mac Jones has a high ankle sprain and Brian Hoyer is their quarterback, I'm telling you right now, I, I all the credit to Bill Belichick, this team ain't making the playoffs. And the two teams are is not, does not include the Patriots. It's the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills that that played that other game that we we just talked about. Pete, let me ask you this. I'm, I'm interrupting you on the Patriots thing. If you could, tra- if you're, you're you're one of the Chiefs, mm-hmm. if you could trade Mecole Hardman for anybody, any skill player on the Patriots, would you do it? Yeah. Who? Y- yes, I would, and it would probably be Stevenson. At this point, I just I feel like the if wow know, talking the about disrespect the Chiefs, to Clyde the Glide. Wow. I think the Chiefs are really missing. <laughs> Uh, that, it's a different that, subject, but but still, it, that it's, guy it's kind of back, a hard yeah. question. Like, I don't know that like there's nobody who I like am, am jealous of, right? Like, you look at you look at the Ravens, like man, I wish we had this. I wish like there's nobody who you're like, God, I wish we had this. That's on the Patriots team right now. Nobody. Yeah, I think the I think the running back tandem is interesting. I I think Stevenson is a guy that that's ready to break out. As far as the pass catchers go, there's nobody that you really feel like if you're mm-hmm. a fan of another team that you're you're especially jealous of. There, there isn't any of those weapons, you know? And I think when it comes to New England, it's these years of not drafting well that you're finally starting to see catch up to them a little bit. They tried to fix it in free agency. We know that that is never a solution. And you're right. I mean, these are two teams in Baltimore and New England heading in completely opposite directions. And, and I, I think Baltimore could be the best team in the AFC. And I think New England could be one of the worst, especially with Hoyer as your quarterback, potentially if there's a high ankle sprain for the next five or six weeks. I think that we underrate. Um, I've been such a big Ravens fan for a long time. I think we underrate their run, right? Like like the John Harbaugh run. Like name, name a bad season that they've had with John Harbaugh there. You know what I mean? Like we we, we love to hype up Mike Tomlin and get, and rightfully so, like he's never had a record below 500. John Harbaugh's right there. You know, and and right. since since John Harbaugh's arrived in the AFC North, they both have won a Super Bowl. And John Harbaugh's been to multiple AFC championship games, and he has now successfully done what we haven't seen Mike Tomlin do. And and he's trying right now, but like transition quarterbacks, gone from one franchise quarterback to another, survive in very 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 different styles. Like sure, having to, yeah, totally. to re- reinvent reinvent your identity as an offense. You know, I know he's he's more of a because he comes from that special teams background, he's more of a leader, necess- you know, than mm-hmm. than a guy that's going to really redesign. But just to have the wherewithal to be like, okay, we are going to play to your strengths, Lamar. He's, Remember, there he's was the like, ultimate like, like steer into the skid type guy. You know what I mean? Like, and like well that's so known, rare. But they, you know, a lot of people, or not a lot, but a few analysts were were saying Lamar needs to switch positions to wide receiver, and very clearly for the past couple of years has been one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL and, and to lean into that and to believe and what they're doing now is, is very impressive. I mean, like they've survived, not just like franchise legends, but 
like some of the greatest players in NFL history retiring. Like they, they've, again, in the Harbaugh era survived Ray Lewis retiring, Ed Reed retiring. Like, I mean, those are just the, like the headliners of that defense, but like they, they have survived this incredible turnover and they have always found a way, always found a way, always found a way. And sure you have the occasional hiccup like last week against Miami, but they never, ever, ever go away. It's super impressive. Lamar Jackson, you're right. I think firmly in the conversation for MVP. I do wonder, cause it is such a narrative driven award, how much, if he kept this play up, even like the fact that he's won it before hurts him. You've seen that with Mahomes, obviously, right? Like, oh, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, like I think that benefits hurts that factor. But I do wonder how much the contract influences the the voting for Lamar. Like, wow, he did all this when they when they counted him out. It's just like Joe Flacco. He went and won the Super Bowl. Like that's right there. But dude, they are so loaded. Mark Andrews, my Mark Andrews is playing like the best tight end in the NFL. I don't think he is, but he's playing like that right now. Prior to the injury to Jones in this game, also the, the Patriots were driving and they had a chance to win. I mean, they were only down five, and I I think you also need to mention the defensive play, and that that's where the Ravens become scary, is because I, I think they're there on on defense as well. Uh, Nelson Aguilar was was caught a ball, and uh, Hamilton forced him to fumble. Peters jumped right on the ball, and they score a touchdown to follow, and that was it. And so it's that team that could be in a game with you in the fourth quarter and step on your throat and and you know you talk about the eagles and the nfc on both sides of the ball baltimore is impressive right now uh and and especially in in a league where it seems like everyone has a loss right so you're it's okay to have one one loss and, and feel still feel good about yourself and baltimore should today i'm telling you if i look at the afc teams right now i like i think that the the like who's looked the worst if we measure them by like the worst they've looked i think baltimore is the best like we, we haven't seen them look the way kansas city looked on sunday we haven't seen them look the way buffalo looked and i know that they lost to miami but we've seen miami look weaker at times throughout this young season that we've seen the ravens if that makes sense again i, I recognize the dolphins beat them but um okay let's keep it afc relevant let's go now uh to the other side of the country where we have a new member of the fraud club pete sweeney all these people Oh my gosh, the Chargers. They're so great. Everybody here comes the Chargers. Brandon Staley, he drinks Starbucks. He reads books. He's a millennial. He's so awesome. He's bringing down the millennial cred. All right. And speaking as a millennial, like, <laughs> hey, just relax on this stuff because it makes us look really bad when Brandon Staley has a huge blunder the way he did against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you know what bothers me, Pete? Look, I mm. came with the energy for the Colts, and I'm not going to apologize, but I'll say what I'm going to have to say when we get to that game. But people had no issue roasting the Colts when the Jaguars destroyed them. The Jaguars beat them 24 to nothing. That's a 24-point margin of victory. They beat the Chargers 38 to 10. It's a 28-point margin of victory, in case you're curious how that math works. I know Justin Herbert was hurt. I know he got hurt against the Chiefs last week on Thursday Night Football. But you know what? This comes down to Brandon Staley. I'm not putting this on Justin Herbert. I'm putting this on Brandon Staley. After the game, he put the blame on Herbert again. He said, yeah, well, you know, Justin wanted to stay in there in the fourth quarter when we were getting blown out. So, like, you know, what am I going to do? You're going to be the freaking head coach. Like, I'm so out on Brandon Staley. Like, this is a really, 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 really embarrassing performance for him. He's supposed to be think, a defensive guy. It's, I'm sorry. And he let the Jaguars drop 38 on them in their building. Yeah. And we're always trying to figure out what we learned about these teams in, in these games. And, you know, you talk about the getting fired hot seat power rankings. And, you know, I, I tend to think that it, it starts with Matt Rule in, in Carolina entering the season and, and probably was your head coach and Mike McCarthy. But Staley's making a case to get up those those power rankings of the, the hot seat power rankings with with some of these performances and also too what you're saying like when you start to struggle the magnifying glass 
goes on you about what you're saying in these post-game press conferences and to not really take any accountability, you know, as a head coach and just not simply having your team ready to win this game, I, I think uh, was a blunder for him in, in the, in the post-game press race to, to what you're saying. And then on the other side, Jacksonville seems like they might be arriving and, and man, last year was a disaster and we don't need to go into the, the urban Meyer stuff, but Doug Peterson has seemed to, to write the ship. Trevor Lawrence looks a lot better. James Robinson looks like one of the best running backs in the NFL, which is remarkable after the injury that he suffered. I don't think anyone uh, was was expecting that. And, you know, when we talked about the the AFC West and how it's going to be the best division in history, you talk about fraudulent. It's feeling especially fraudulent for that. And how fraudulent were all of we when we made fun of Jacksonville for giving Christian Kirk that gigantic contract that reset the entire wide receiver market. I was like, oh, Christian Kirk, he's never had a 1,000 yards. He can't be a number one receiver. He looks like one of the better number one receivers in the NFL. And so, man, <laughs> you know, got to be careful what you say during the offseason because a lot of people, including myself, who you know complimented the AFC West, made fun of the Jaguars, are feeling especially dumb this morning. Um Zay Jones also, I think we're, we're like, we're, we're constantly like, I, I agree with you. Like, let's, let's hype up Christian Kirk. He deserves it. But Zay Jones had, had led the team, 10 catches, yeah. 85 yards, touchdown was awesome um, in this game. The Jaguars just kind of underrated. And it was, it was kind of like hiding in plain sight. And I know a lot of people were a little bit in on them. And some of that's the division. Um, you know, Gerald says in our comment section, Jaguars at Philly next week's going to be big. Heck, seriously, who, who thought that like, like Doug Peterson's yeah. return in week four was going to be this like mass, like, have these massive implications. Although I mean, it's an AFC NFC team, but still it is a big game. Um, I what do time think is that, what, what time is that game next week? Um, that game is at, I'm so happy you asked Pete and I'm tap dancing to give myself some time. That is a noon, noon kickoff. Yeah. Noon. I get, to watch, um, I get to, I get to kick back and watch that one, baby. That's um, going to be great. I, I do think that Trevor Lawrence, this was a little bit of his statement game. I know stats is always talking about how come Trevor Lawrence isn't um, as ridiculed as Trey Lyons is. And I think some of that is the market they play in. So I, I do, I mean, like, you know, you play for the 49ers, you're going to get a lot more attention positively and negatively. And I don't think like, I, if, if Trevor Lawrence had been the number one overall pick two years ago for the Chicago Bears, I think like that would be the headline. He'd be the header photo on the NFL Twitter account right now. You know what I'm saying? After this game. But because it's the Jaguars, like there is still this kind of like, man, you know, that's why, like, I think the Lawrence camp was really bumped. He didn't go to the New York Jets. Um, but th well, this I, just, I, I, I just find also, too, I mean, you know, usually and RJ, you, you know, you're the first one to call out these things. And I don't blame you for it. But you you like to sniff and say, you know, this smells weird. This is an excuse, blah, blah, blah. But like. Everyone agrees across the league, analyst, writer, whatever, Jacksonville, otherwise, like Urban Meyer set this this guy back. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, agree. And it was a it was a disaster. And sometimes you're like, OK, whatever, you, you know, you're making excuses. To, no, I mean, and, and you're seeing that now on the other side of it. I mean, you know what? I wasn't going to do it. T-Law for the come up of the week. Let's he gets go. The come up of the week and, the, and so does the Jaguars franchise as a whole, because. Look, they're two and one. Everyone but the Dolphins in the AFC has at least one loss. And I think we're in a, in a situation here where it's like, why not Trevor Lawrence? Why not Jacksonville? They because look like you, you the have favorite. all these teams that look mid, if, if you will, other than the Baltimore Ravens. We got mid. We got him. Talk about millennials. Pete's trying to, to appeal to, to Gen Z now. Um, I, they I, look like I, the favorite. They look like the favorite in the AFC South. I know the Titans won. We, we didn't really give them that much love with Bill, but it was, you know, kind of a, you know, congrats on surviving sort of win. Um, I do think that we're not placing, I, I think that Brandon Staley deserves like 70% of the criticism for the way the Chargers played. I do think that Justin Herbert deserves a lot. 
I, I mean, like, like people are so willing to give Herbert this benefit of the doubt and he's hurt and things like that. But if like, and again, I, I don't want to like, if, 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 but like uh, I told this to BLG and stats on, on Slack, if Kirk cousins had played this way, it would just with, with the injury, nobody would care. You know what I mean? But because it's Herbert, like we're so willing to like give him this, this pass, um, you know what, Herbert, you're hurt. Then don't play. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're really that hurt, well, you should have let Chase Daniel practice all week long. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like I've seen Chase Daniel. Well, I mean, you get you get my point. Like there, there's a I point where you're doing more harm than Justin Herbert. Than um, Daniel, uh, I don't know. I you know I I think until Herbert is healthy, it's hard to pass complete judgment on the Chargers. But you look at them defensively as well. Like we thought this was one of the better defensive teams in football, and to to give up the 38 points is is not good if you're um, L.A., especially in a, a competitive AFC West. ESPN's Lindsay Theory reported after the game, her exact tweet, the Chargers locker room cleared out as quickly as I've ever seen from the home team in the NFL. Like, this is just, there's such, like, front runners. You know what I mean? Like, oh, people are talking about us. Yeah, put some respect. We're the, we're the best team in L.A. Like, And then they get punched in the mouth by the Jaguars, and they, they want to pick up their ball and go home. Like, that is lame to me. Oh, you're bringing up the Battle of L.A. You're seeing, you're saying that you would like to see the Chargers be more of a Ramley. And I, I, look, I don't blame you for that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, last game, we'll take a little bit of a deep dive on. Then we'll kind of like blitz through the rest, although we've been really slow at blitzing. Um, shout out to uh, Craig Williams, who wouldn't approve of us. The <laughs> Pete, I'm... <laughs> A loss to the Colts should count twice. I told you that on Slack. Like this oh, is come on. this is no. embarrassing. Yeah, we, this, we is, this is this is so this is so sad. This, this was my lock of the week this. on Friday's uh, episode of the SB Nation NFL show. My first loss of the season. I locked the Jaguars up against the Colts in Week Two, the Vikings against the Packers in Week One, and the Chiefs folded. The Chiefs cratered. The Chiefs collapsed against the fraud Indianapolis Colts, who are now the perfect one one one. They look like a, a binary code, like one one one. You know what I mean? The the Colts are yeah. this season. The Chiefs sure. fall to two and one. This is one of the the worst losses that anybody has had so far this season. I'm sorry, and I don't. I'm not like overreacting. I don't think the Chiefs are bad, but this is mm-hmm. re- this is one of the most embarrassing losses in the Patrick Mahomes era, as far as I'm concerned, because this Colts team sucks, and the Chiefs are are still <laughs> underrated. I cannot believe. Similarly to, to the Chargers, this this falls on Andy Reid, like the the fake field goal yeah. thing. Like, what on earth are you doing here? Let Mahomes be Mahomes. I know no one cares about your fantasy league and no one cares about your survivor league, but thank you to Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs for eliminating me in week three of the NFL season and embarrassing me in front of my radio station that I did the survivor league for my home survivor league. I'm out. I'm out, I'm out already. I'm looking forward to 2023. Um, yeah, no, this this was a, a tough game. And obviously, I know more about this game because I watched it so intently. But the Chiefs really ruined what I would consider one of their better defensive performances in in years. It felt like finally the defense was one of the strongest parts of the team. And on the same day that that happens, like they had about six or seven special teams blunders. They're dealing with a backup kicker right now. Who I don't know if he's been released yet. I'm, I'm sure it's going to happen. I'll be writing that article for Arrowhead. Pride Why? Because he didn't get to kick a field goal that Andy Reid took away from him? Well, he missed an extra point. And a field I know goal he did, and... but still, like that, don't blame him for that. Like that's on Andy Reid. 
sure. I, I, I guess, I don't know. And then you had a couple of special teams mistakes, the rookie, rookie punt returner, and you can make a case. And maybe they made a wrong decision by having sky Moore be your punt returner, but he lost a, a ball in, in what was an open roof in, in Indy. And that put the Colts on the four yard line to start the game. And it, at, at, you know, you, you have an early mistake. Sometimes you, you get over it. But for me, that was the beginning of the end as far as just having a mistake filled day. And for what is it is worth, the offense for the Chiefs looked really good against the the Arizona Cardinals. But now it's two straight weeks of you're starting to wonder, OK, is this post Tyreek Hill era going to work? It seems like the Chiefs and, and Mahomes are really trusting Travis Kelsey and Clyde edwards Lair, who are the returners. And we haven't really seen these new receivers in Smith Schuster and Valdez Scantling click on a consistent basis for three weeks. And I, I think you're having those questions. And there was a moment before halftime where Mahomes and Eric the Enemy are arguing, where Mahomes clearly wanted to throw mm. the ball and try to score more. And the enemy was like, no, we're going to take a 14 10 lead into the locker room and try to win it in the second half. And they had a, a very public disagreement about that. You and saw LaShawn McCoy's comments about this, I'm, I'm certain. I, I did. Yeah. And, you know, we'll we'll get Andy Reid a, a little bit later. So we'll see what he says about this, uh, you know, as you, you wake up on, on Monday morning. But it's one of these games. And I reminded people about this on Kansas City television this morning. What's like in 2019, the Chiefs lost a very similar game to the same exact team. 19 to 13, they had won four games in a row and they looked horrible against the Indianapolis Colts. They lost two games in a row. And then they've discovered their identity throughout the season. And it's a good reminder for all teams are two and one, one and two right now. Like it's, it's a bad game, just like the Buffalo bills have. I'm sure there aren't people that are riding off the Buffalo bills this morning, as far as going, you know, chances to win the AFC. It's just, it's a crossroad. So it's like you lost to a bad football team. Like we've talked about how bad the Colts are and look, the Colts are not going to make the postseason. I still don't feel that way. Now it's like, what do you do as you're staring down the barrel of Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Also coming after a loss, one of these two teams in who we consider Super Bowl contenders still, I would say, in the Bucks or the Chiefs are going to lose two games in a row. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be that team? And I think that's the message for the Chiefs right now. Well, and we'll see the way obviously Sunday night unfolds between Kansas City and Tampa. But um, one of them is going to lose two games in a row potentially with like flat offensive performances, right? Like you know what I mean. And and these yeah. like weird mistakes because Tampa had. And we'll talk about that briefly. But the the weird you know sequence at the end of the two point conversion and stuff. Um, I'm I'm really disappointed. I, I like I've I've I I've, mean it, it it took Kansas City making and I I hate to make this excuse but it's true. I mean it took them making ten mistakes even after looking horrible all day. They had the game won and Chris Jones, the defensive tackle, says something to Matt Ryan and a refer no no contact just chatter. We don't even know what he said, but it says something to Matt Ryan and it extends the game because it's an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty and the Colts eventually have the game winning drive from that. So like. It took a. I mean, I'm, again, I'm so, I hate to be this I'm guy. So sad. Kansas City beat Kansas City. I'm, I'm so sad because yeah. the, the Chiefs breathed life into this awful Colts team. Yeah, and now, now this Colts team's walking around. Oh, we beat the Chiefs. Oh, we our home debut. You don't come into Lucas Oil and win. Not with Matt Ryan. Like I'm just so upset at the Chiefs for doing this. Like I'm so mad. Nicho says on YouTube that Matt Ryan was was passing better yesterday despite taking some big hits. Yeah, I mean this this was the best version of Matt, Matt Ryan in Indianapolis we've seen, but that's not saying a lot. I mean, Matt he was Ryan. under duress. Like, like, like that's the pro- the Colt. This Colts team is broken. I, that is still the take. If Matt Ryan, if Matt Ryan is, I mean, I watched this game. If you put any additional pressure on Matt Ryan, he 
is he breaks down. I mean, he is he no longer can handle any for the most part, no longer can handle any pressure at, at all. He put together a nice game winning drive, but the entire game, I mean, very clearly to me, this is not the Matt Ryan of old. And look, it's a great win. It it gets you out of being a winless team. Oh, two and one was not going to be a, a, a good record. And I, you know, I hate to, I'm the Arrowhead pride guy, right? So like me saying this, like, you're probably like, screw this guy, but I don't care. I mean, it's what I think, like the Colts are not making the playoffs. I mean, they're, it took, it took 10 mistakes for the chiefs to lose and they only lost by three points, right? Like, I, I mean, I know, I know how I sound, but it's, it, that's reality in my opinion. Um, lame, 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 lame. Okay. Let's fly through the remaining games. Are you ready? Um, sure. I'm, I'm the, um, I'm the 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 air traffic person um the flight attendant and i'm like telling you buckle your seats and like here's the the protocol whatever uh are you gonna be one of those like awkward flight attendants that makes a joke that like no one really likes and like you kind of have to like (laughs) i got this i got this uh did anybody lose a 100 dollars bill okay now that i have your attention uh it's time (laughs) to go over the protocols for the flight okay um yeah so, yeah very uh, very nice that, that's exactly what i was talking about <laughs> that's right uh, the uh the carolina panthers defeated the new orleans saints in charlotte for their first one of the season 22 to 14 the saints now falling to one and two their only win on the season against atlanta peter king picked them to be the number one seed in the nfcp yeah they I mean, look I told you that was they look I so told bad you that was silly at the time i told you that was silly um I am someone who picked the Minnesota Vikings, and for a good part of yesterday, I felt silly myself. So I'm not really going going wild with that with that take. You can't lose to Carolina. Uh, you know, I, I think that's the biggest thing right now. It, it does feel similarly to the Colts losing to a Colts team in the. In this the was a, a stop the skid game for a lot of people, right? Like like Matt Rule bought mm-hmm. some time. Frank Reich bought some time. You know, like a lot of Frank, a lot of coaches. Were, Staley right. gave away a little time. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> Good for the Panthers, uh, but the Saints look terrible. And like, I just—it's so frustrating. This the Saints' first round pick belongs to the Eagles next year. Like, the Eagles look like one of the best teams in the NFL. They have a, a candidate for MVP, and they have the first round pick for one of the worst teams in the NFL. It's amazing. And they can trade back and and get more picks if there's quarterbacks available. So the Chicago that. Bears are two and one. <laughs> Thanks to a, a last-second field goal against former head coach Lovey Smith, who now commands the Houston Texans, twenty-three to twenty, the final score. The Bears beat twenty-two and one. Put some respect on their name, or is this just kind of weird? Well, they get the Giants next week. Like we, we could we could be having two Khalil, weird two and one teams playing next week. It's the Khalil Herbert uh, coming out party. I am oh, hoping yeah. that. I am, I am I am wondering if the the Chicago Bears can deal the Giants their first loss next week. I do wonder that. Um. I hate you with all my heart. Um, <laughs> the Texans, like, I mean, I thought they were cute and, and, and spunky, but yeah, like, it's just Davis it's Mills is not it. Um, we still don't know if, if Justin Field is it. It it's a weird time in the NFL where the Chicago Bears can be be two and one. I mean, we don't we never expected the Houston Texans to be to be interesting this year. And and I mean, if there's anything that is playing out like we thought, it's how Houston is doing um, <laughs> right now, right? Like, we all expected this. Um, I think that Justin Fields looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. That's he does, and you know, I you know a lot. I'll of take the L on got, that. Like I, I thought he was going to be awesome, but wow. yeah, a lot of people got on Ryan Poles and and were like, well, why are they in a complete rebuild and not giving him any help? And you know, maybe maybe he had a a vision that was. This was supposed there. to be fast. Uh, <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals get their first win of the season. The uh, the Thanks, good Cincinnati. times. The good yeah, times. Picked Cincinnati the first two weeks. Uh, <laughs> couldn't win. 
Thank you, Cincinnati. Defended you all offseason. Finally, they look like the team we thought. They didn't look great. I mean, they had a little bit of a rough stretch to end the game, but they needed to beat the Jets. They needed to beat the Jets like this, and they did. Um, good win for the Bengals. T. Higgins was robbed of a beautiful touchdown early in this game. <clears throat> uh, I don't know how Review didn't award him that touchdown. Um, Robert Sala seems to at least the way he's speaking um, seems, seems is going to operate as if Zach Wilson's returning this week. Uh, this was not the kind of game from Joe Flacco um, to keep him in the driver's seat for the Jets. Like, you know, like coming off the win against the Browns, people are like, Oh, maybe, maybe. no, I don't think it's happening. Um, so uh, the no, Jets, you, you, yeah, you gotta, you, once Wilson's healthy, he's got to play. We uh, Joe Flacco had his time in the league and, Man, what a what a great stretch that was! You got the Super Bowl and better. Right. We gave him yeah, some love too when we talked about the Ravens. Um, the um, sure. the the Philadelphia Eagles huge win twenty four twenty four to eight victory over the Commanders. All twenty four points coming in the second quarter. Nothing in quarters one, three, or four. Uh, meanwhile, the Commanders scored their eight points all in the fourth quarter. So two completely dry quarters. Um, this was Carson Wentz's first opportunity to face the Philadelphia Eagles, the team who traded him away two years ago. 25 of 43, 211 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Did have a fumble, though, obviously, the, the Wentz uh, wagon rolls on. Jalen Hurts, 22 of 35, 340 yards, three passing touchdowns. Devontae Smith, this was this was kind of the like Trevor Lawrence, Devontae Smith breakout week like that you've been kind of waiting on like as a, as a football fan. Eight catches, a buck 69 a score. A.J. Brown had another score. A.J. Brown looks so much like T.O. to me in a Philadelphia Eagles jersey. I mean, like he, yeah. he's a monster. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I think I think this game was about answering questions because uh, the, the Eagles coming into the year, they were wondering who Jalen Hurts was. And the answer right now is one of the best players in the NFL. And what makes the team so scary is they are killing the other side when it comes to defense, they're one of the scariest defenses in the NFL. They're killing the quarterback. I, I don't want to cop out for Carson Wentz, but he just was getting drilled all game. The commander's offensive line could do nothing against the Eagles and their secondary is scary. They're a team that you don't want to play there. And I would I would say of all the teams in the NFL, you want to play with the Philadelphia Eagles the least the least right now. And that's impressive in what has been three weeks of parity central. Um, Yeah. Good times for the Eagles. Who would have thought that week four biggest games would be Jaguars, Eagles, like we said, and Bengals, Dolphins. Uh, that's well, I knew that. I mean, I I knew that. Uh, I I uh, identified week knew. four and I said these two teams on Thursday night. Uh, I know the Dolphins are going to be undefeated, and I know the Bengals are going to be looking for that second win. And then, yeah, we're going to get two of the best teams in the NFL, and the Eagles and Jags. I said that coming into the season, and it's playing out like just like I thought. The so, Rams outlasted the Cardinals twenty to twelve. Um, Cardinals, I thought they'd win this game. I took them in our SB Nation expert picks. Um, I really believed in the fourth quarter offense we saw against the Raiders that Bill talked about. Um, just not there. I mean, this was a the Cardinals another Cooper Cup game. It, yeah, the Cardinals are bad. Like the the bad can't wait for hard knocks, <laughs> like in season hard knocks on, on, on the Cardinals. They should be owing three. I mean, Kyler Murray just proved how athletic he is and single-handedly beat the Raiders, right? If that miraculous if one thing goes goes sideways last week. Don't forget, I mean, they were down 16 points late. So they not only needed two touchdowns, they needed two of those conversions. The one was a complete, we should ask Bill about that, even though it was about this week, but like that 22nd two-point conversion, had that not all played out like it did, the fumble, everything that had to happen, Cardinals would be 0-3. And sort of that's where we expected them to be after the offseason that, that they had had. And I, I think Los Angeles is putting it together right it was there was a little bit of a false start to begin the year and it this win wasn't exactly the prettiest but they're starting to put it together and maybe there was like a little bit of that super bowl hangover i think the rams chatter is going to pick up it's like okay you got blasted by a really good bills team now you've put together two wins but they've been kind of scrappy wins like i'm still rams not believe it. yeah yeah um 
the Rams beat the Atlanta Falcons last week, who picked up their first victory of the season on Sunday uh, in Seattle. Uh, what's that called now? Lumen Field, right? Um, I think so. Uh, um, it's the link. It's not anymore. Um, and the link is no. Nah, I mean, Heinz Field is Heinz Field. The link is the link. The carrier dome is the carrier dome. Gotcha. We don't, we don't uh, change these names. Well, twenty-seven yeah, to twenty-three. No. The final win. Uh, final score. Excuse me. Um, in a bird matchup, Falcons Seahawks. Um, Atlanta now one and two. So is Seattle. It feels like. Like, I would not be shocked if Seattle just beat the Russell Wilson Broncos in week one and then literally lost every single game after that. Like, they looked like Didn't that. Didn't that happen to the, it happened to the Jaguars? Yep. A couple of years back. Was it, or was it the Colts? That was the, the 19 Jaguars that led to Trevor Lawrence. Remember, Gardner Minshew beat the Colts in Jacksonville, of course, because that is inevitable. Um, and then they lost every single game after that. And then the, the Jets beat the Rams late. Yeah. To that, that, yeah, that, 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 that cemented wins. the Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville reality that we live in. Yes. Wow. Um, there you go. Kyle Pitts got somewhat involved offensively, but you talk about fantasy. Like, that is something that people are pissed about. Um, the Green Bay Packers. About, wait, very quickly. How about Cordarell Patterson in his late 20s, early 30s, just breaking out? <laughs> just Seriously. doesn't happen. Um, it's wild. Anyway, go ahead. The Green Bay Packers outlasted the Buccaneers. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, 14 to 12 in the final score. Another hot uh, shoe game. This was like, this had one of the lowest over-unders of the week. Um, I don't remember what it was exactly, uh, but it was it was one of the lower ones when I looked. The the tweet of the day was the loser of the game has to call their family. Right. I mean, um, the, co- the losing quarterback, so obviously, to be specific. The losing quarterback <laughs> has to call their family. This was just this, so perfect. This oh, was just such like, a perfect tweet. I'm not saying I'm willing to bury the Packers or the Bucks, um, obviously, but this was just like kind of sad. You know what I mean? Like like we never had this like kind of game with like Brady Manning. You know what I mean? Where it was just like pathetic. Like th- this was really sad to I'm watch these you. two dudes like so depleted of their powers. I think I've used this on the, our show before, and I'm going to say it again. This was, if you're a wrestling fan, this was Undertaker versus Goldberg in their 50s. Like, that's what it looked like to me, where it's like, man, these, and then the defenses, you got to give them credit too, but like these quarterbacks used to be the guys. And it's, it's almost like it's, you're getting the matchup that you wanted about five or six years ago. Like that's to me was yesterday between the Packers and the Bucks. Finally, Sunday night football. So the afternoon window on Sunday, Pete featured the Jaguars, Chargers, Rams, Cardinals, Falcons, Seahawks, and Packers, Buccaneers. And then obviously Sunday night was San Francisco, Denver. Um, of those five games that those are, there are 10 teams obviously involved in there. One, yeah. two, three, four, five, six of them, 60% scored fewer than 15 points. The Chargers with 10, the Cardinals with 12, the Packers 14 led the way, the Bucks with 12, and the Broncos outlasted the 49ers 11 to 10. It was kind of a, I mentioned the noon window was kind of boring. Like after that, it, I mean, it was really only downhill. 11 10, that's my birthday, November 10th. So if you want to get me some. Hey. This yeah. was really sad. Coming this up. was this this was like I cannot believe that there were Niners fans who were like, "Hell yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo's quarterback again!" Like this was <laughs> awful. <laughs> it it the floor is so low with with Jimmy Garoppolo, and it and it makes it wild that they were able to get to the Super Bowl with him as quarterback. Like that's what it looked to me last night. And I know the Broncos are two and one, and that's a tie. They are the, the first. Like, in the, there was, I tweeted this. The sorry, there, there was a lot of like, are the Giants the worst two and zero team of all time? Talk last week. The Broncos are the worst two and one team of all time. I'm very certain, and that yeah. includes this year's Bears and maybe even this year's Giants. The Broncos are the worst. I I tended to think that this was going to be a more fun game than it was. I had mentioned before we got on the air. I finished my Chief stuff up, and I I met up with a friend to just watch some of this game. 
And it was horrible. I mean, it was a horrible game to watch. Hardly any offense. The defense is dominated. And it wasn't even like, it wasn't even the impression I got that like, oh, the 49ers and the, and the Broncos defense was good. It just like felt like Jimmy G and Russ Wilson were just not serviceable at all. And then Russ, big game Russ comes in at the end and has a, a drive to get it done. But it, it took like 17 chances. It felt like I don't even I don't know what drive that was for them in the game. But it, it felt like it just took all night for either of these teams to get anything going. And then you have the Dan Olofsky, Jimmy G moment oh. where he backs out of the end zone. And and I think that 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 is the nail in the coffin. It, it, you know, and you have the, these these debates and fan bases all the time where it's Jimmy G versus Trey Lance. What are we better off with right now? we all understand what they would be better off with right now. And I think it, it clears the way for how 2023 is going to go, which is something that was necessary. Uh, you, I think, um, this year. You, you obviously watched the game. Do you know how many punts there were between the, between the two teams? Yeah. Yeah. I actually did count and, and, and I came up with a million. Um, <laughs> um, right? That's, is that, is that the right number? It's a little off. Um, you said there were okay. 17 chances. It felt like for uh, Russell Wilson, there were 17 punts, 17 really? punts. Yeah. 17 punts. How about exactly. that? Um, that? yeah uh really 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 sad um like that i i mean i, I don't want to overreact but like can you not make an argument that that was the worst trade of the offseason right now like I, I we'll see if, if this stabilizes but like well, that's it's it's in contention i think i think i think so you know the, and, the and then they double down with the big time contract like they went all the Broncos, in dude like so that that that's what i was going to say so I don't blame the Broncos for going and getting this deal done because they've needed a quarterback for half a decade now, or like since Peyton Manning, which is unbelievable to think about. Doubling down with the contract is looking like a massive mistake and setback for Russ Wilson. It's looking like a massive mistake. This is, um, it's gross. I will say, um, like my last thought on this. So we talked about this last week, how uh, on the big broadcast, uh, CBS and Fox is number one, Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, we get the sideline reporter talking to the coach, like the NBA. Um, that's kind of a cool development. Something I kind of like about the new version of Sunday Night Football with Mike Tirico in, in the in the number one chair. They're kind of killing teams. Like I, I kind of have enjoyed that. Like Chris Collinsworth was destroying the Cowboys in week one when they couldn't get anything done. And both like Collinsworth and Trigger were just like taking turns. Like one was holding the Broncos down. The other was just like punching him. Like they were like, this is bad. <laughs> and and Tariqo, I know you were um, you were out eating, but so I don't know if you could hear the broadcast. Tariqo kept highlighting how many three and outs they had. Like he was like, yep, here's another well, three and out. Like, like it was it was kind of like brutal in one way, but I really I enjoyed it. I think the question that you end up with here with these these two teams watching this game, right? These were two teams before any games were played where they were considered Super Bowl contenders. Do you really feel either of them makes the postseason at this point? Because I've had my questions about that. I don't know that I feel the Niners may you know, cheat into this. I don't know that I feel that either of them are even the second best team in their division. Like, I'm down on the Chargers. They're still the second best team in the AFC West, right? Like, after the Chiefs. And the Niners, the Niners are the Niners are closer to being that for me. But I, th there is an elite offense lurking within the Cardinals. And I don't mean lurking like it, it will show up for an entire game or even an entire quarter. But, like, the ceiling of the Cardinals offense is much higher than, than what it is in San Francisco. And that, that's kind of how I feel, at least. Well, I mean, and I'm taking the Seahawks out of this now, right? The NFC... Right, West, right, right. they always the Seahawks and Raiders are, are in the cellars. Yeah, right. They they always just split games, so you you can't even necessarily assume that that the Niners are going to win their games against the non Seahawks division opponents either. You know. You want to know something though, Pete? You ready for this? What? You pumped? You excited? Because what? we're about to get so much more. 
of these two teams. All right, so uh, we're about to give our picks from Monday Night Football, um, but uh, and we're culminating week three. Week four, the San Francisco 49ers are in prime time again on Monday Night Football against the Los Angeles Rams. Week five, the Denver Broncos are on Thursday Night Football against the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> so Ugh. get ready for uh, some elite offense. Thursday night, October 6th, feels like the worst game of the year by far between the Colts and the Broncos. It does. It feels um, like the worst game ever. Thursday night, October 6th. Oh, next. Sorry. Yeah, I got you. I was confused. Sorry. Um, okay. Giants at I'm sorry, Cowboys at Giants on Monday Night Football. Um, I don't know what the line is. It was down to one um, last I looked. Wow. Uh, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook have. Well, it started at three. Um, and it is now all the way, uh, it's still one giants by one. Uh, while we have been on P it was reported that Jason Peters is going to make his debut as a member of the Dallas Cowboys. However, if he plays, it will be at left guard. The Cowboys planning on rolling with Tyler Smith at left tackle, their rookie first round pick. Um, Sean McEwen, one of the Cowboys practice squad tight ends is apparently going to be among those promoted to the active roster from mm -hmm. the practice squad, which would mm -hmm. be an indication. Dalton Schultz is not going to be playing in this game. Uh, for me, this comes down to Micah Parsons being Micah Parsons because Daniel Jones loves to turn the ball over. I think that Micah is going to have his way with the Giants, and I think the Cowboys win another ugly game. I say another because we've seen a lot of them just across the league lately. Um, this this is just Dallas being a little bit better in one area than the Giants. Um, I'll take the Cowboys. What do you think? Three nothing. Um, I, th it's going to be like a 16 to nine type thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like 16, seven, 16, nine, 16, 10. That's, that's where I'm, I'm seeing this fall. Yeah. Pick the under. This feels like, you know how like last night, Sunday night football played out. That's, I see something similar in this game. I'm going to, I'm going to go the other side. I like what Dable's been doing. I probably wouldn't be picking the giants if Dak Prescott was healthy, but I think they've shown me enough to that, that leads me to believe that their offense is going to be a little bit more efficient despite Parsons looking like the defensive player of the year. Mm. All right. Um, time to bring in Rachel. Rachel, three questions for you uh, as you grace us with your presence. Number one, what was your biggest NFL takeaway from Sunday's action? Number two, who are you picking, Giants or Cowboys? And number three, of course, who is the MF double MVP? I am, of course, the reigning MF double MVP, but it's your pick, Rachel. Going out of order tonight's game, I'm gonna pick the Cowboys. Let's go! The Giants are undefeated. Don't want them to be undefeated anymore. So I'm gonna pick the Cowboys for tonight. Uh, biggest takeaways? Gonna go with the Eagles. Like I definitely can see them winning the, the one. They're gonna win a division. That's gonna be an easy win. But they're just looking mm. really good right now. So. Easy. Hear that, RJ? Easy win for the division. They can continue to like stack these wins. It's looking really good. It's really fun right now. I'm just covering them. Uh, and my MV double MVP today, based off of these three points, the first was the fact that they said fraud alert chargers, how that loss falls on Brandon Staley, but also how Justin Herbert should take the blame as well. I also really liked your point on the Chiefs loss and how that is embarrassing, of course, and how it falls on Andy Reid. And then you touched on Justin Fields looking like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. RJ gets it today. Let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's go. Um, I want to thank Brandon Staley for being a huge fraud. Um, I want to thank Justin Herbert. I hope he gets healthy. Uh, but for um, 
you know, for trying really hard, uh, really, Justin, that was impressive and admirable. It also set your coach up to be a fraud, which was kind of the genesis of my point. Um, shout out to Andy Reid for believing in his uh, his field goal kicker uh, or his, his holder to throw a pass more than Patrick Mahomes, which is kind of a weird look, Pete. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, so shout out to him. Um, and uh, shout out to Justin Fields. Hopefully you turn it around. But this week you helped me out. Pete, your thoughts on my continued reign of dom- dominance? Um. You know, I you know you're you're don you're dominating, so uh, I find that impressive. Good for you, mm. <laughs> Rachel. Um, everything you said was wonderful. Thank you for speaking and just being perfect as always. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for picking the Cowboys. It's nice to be united with you on so many fronts um, against some some pure evil in, in what Pete Sweeney has to say. Um, Pete, let's close it out with um, some more purple rain. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying it. after after you 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 rip me off of my award. You get no singing in the show. And so I'm, I'm denying you today. Um, that was Pete Sweeney's rendition of Purple Rain. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>